Right on radio. Right on radio. Welcome to Right on Radio, this special bonus edition. And why is it a bonus? Because we have a special guest that we're anticipating will be coming on very soon. But we just wanted to get going ahead of time so I could introduce, under her new name, for the first time since last weekend, she can be introduced by the proper title because the papers have been served. She is the former. Mother of Darkness, and her name is Jessie Zaboder. <laughs> well, thank you. What a grandiose title. <laughs> that one I'll have to get stamped on my forehead, I think. <laughs> so there's no question. name stamped on your forehead. Wait for it. It, it comes from <laughs> around the feast. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm excited for today. I'll let you start to introduce we, our special guest. I mean, very unexpected, and yet we've been making some connections for a little bit here. And um, go ahead, take it away. Well, listen, the the special guest. I'll introduce her as she comes on. Um, but let let's just say that you know the name has come up. First of all, uh, this special guest gave you an endorsement uh, about a week, week and a half ago, and that kind of blew up. Yeah. Um, because this is a big guest, uh, you know, it, it's a household name and, and, you know, we kind of started the conversation and, and actually you ended up talking with her, mm-hmm. Jesse, you've had some interesting conversation and, and I had something that I felt and I said to you, I said, you know what, if she comes on the show, I think we're, and I'm going to go back to what I promised in the last episode. I believe that there's going to be supernatural revelation. I I believe that 100% with you. So uh, not, I think the not Lord just is revelation. going to reveal some stuff. Supernatural yeah. revelation. So if you're watching this right now, just pause the video for a moment and just pray, Lord, open me up. Mm-hmm. Let me hear the things that are maybe even unsaid. And... It looks like she is here. She is a well-known actress. She broke the ceiling as far as a comedian goes. She had a number one show. She's a Golden Globe winner. She has so many accomplishments. And yet, I think that she has since she's been exiled from the great Babylon we call Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know if she's totally exiled, but since she has been exiled, Jesse and I are in belief that the greater, greatest things in her life are to come. Ladies and gentlemen, Roseanne Barr. Thank you for joining the program, Roseanne. My name is Jeff, and I believe you know Jesse. Yes, Hi, you guys. How's it going? Hi, yeah. Hi, good. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> you can hear me all good, and I can hear you all good, and all is good. It sounds all great. <laughs> good. I'm getting a, my granddaughter just learned how to emo, send emojis, and uh, so look at look at how many she just sent me. <laughs> like we can't quite see it. Yeah. Yeah, the reflection oh, of the screen like was a bit difficult. Of them. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> so you've got and, a lot. How to old is your granddaughter? She's five. They took it away from her yesterday because they said she was sending too many emojis to everyone, hundreds. <laughs> so she got it took away yesterday, but I guess she got it back today. Yeah, it's a hundred smiley faces. <laughs> well, she must be really happy with you. <laughs> like, here's another one for grandma. I'm so happy. I love you, grandma. <laughs> She's just a naughty girl that wants to overdo the emojis. <laughs> but I bet she's sending love in those emojis. I think she's just trying to get in trouble. That's how she is. <laughs> you need to now, get now, they say it skips a generation, Roseanne. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> she, hit, she swatted me in the head the other day like this. And I looked up and she says, oh, sorry. Granny, sometimes I just cannot control my inner cat. <laughs> I don't know where she gets, I but I think she's a comedian. <laughs> As they say, it skips a generation. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, I think so. So, Roseanne, thank you so much for joining us on Right On Radio. You know, you've been watching some of your videos on your YouTube channel, and you've become quite the voice for truth. Well, I think I always, well, I always tried to do that. And uh, yeah, it kind of seems like maybe it caught up with me in a way. Because, mm. uh, you know, uh, I think that's why I got big laughs for a long time, because it was kind of shocking that you, I did that. Well, but now I, I everybody seems to be doing it. I remember in particular the national anthem. Well, that we don't talk about. That was a... <laughs> <laughs> that was an unfortunate accident as i call it you know what that would get you that would be called a viral video at this point in time yeah you know it's so weird i i started way too high and i had nowhere to go so i thought uh-oh i better just try to make it funny and uh so that's what i did but i learned an important lesson key <laughs> Well, and you certainly had had gotten high. Uh, you know, you were at the top for, and I mean, I mean this a career-wise, not uh, hookah hookah, right? But, uh, but career-wise, you were on top, and and you've done so much, and you really have brought joy to so many people. And now, just Jesse and I were talking right before you came on. We're both feeling that you're actually going to do greater things, Roseanne. Well, I, I hope I do. Uh, you know, I, I think so. I, I always sort of thought so. I always uh, kind of felt really connected to something bigger, you know, God, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of, um, I guess, an awakening. I always kind of thought I was going to be part of that. Uh, kind of felt like my whole generation was going to be part of that, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's kind of cool to see it happening. And it's cool to see it on other people's faces too, you know, when uh, there's just something about looking at people and seeing that they got that light behind their eyes, they're alive, they're thinking, they're connected they have empathy for other people they're 
feeling, uh, you know, just the being, their being and all the stuff that that implies. Uh, th that seems to be um, more prevalent all over the place than ever before in my life. I'm, I'm almost 70, so I've seen a lot of people and uh, heard a lot of people and just seems to be something new, something big, something real good going on. And there's such a difference from, you know, you kind of walked through that darkness that was very similar. You know, we, we've just been calling it, you know, the former Babylon. And, you know, we walked through that. And, and when you come out of that and you see people, you know, that actually are thinking for themselves and they're, you know, there's that fight of life and they fight for their voices to be heard. And it's a whole new world. Yeah. Didn't we learn a lot? Didn't we? We did. Yes. I think sometimes I think, well, you know, it was what uh, happened in the world that sort of trained us for it. Because, of course, I think, well, since I was a little girl, uh, and I, I used to uh, look at the TV, you know, with my grandma. And uh, I saw uh, both terrible and incredibly wonderful things on that TV. Since I was a little girl, we were the first in our neighborhood to get one. And when the first one we got, it was a four inch screen in this great big old box, you know, and uh, we, you turn it on, it took a while to warm up and this picture would come, but uh, we were the first on the block. So something about it always fascinated me. And I wanted to be watching it or in it and as I grew older I wanted to be on it and putting a message out myself because I always had this message coming through to me and it was from God I mean you know you like I told you Jesse you you can't talk I was so happy when I finally hooked up with Jesse to talk one-on-one -on -one. um and I called my sister my poor sister who always has to listen to me you know, I always have to call her and she's got a busy life of her own. But she does listen to me because somebody has to, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I said, oh, sis, you might be off the hook because I met this woman. And, you know, she and I told my sister, I finally met somebody who thinks just like me. And I, I never have uh, met anybody who thinks mm -hmm. like I think. So I was really uh, happy to meet you, Jesse, because we have, you know, when you when you're connected and you do walk in faith, it's hard to find other people you can talk to. I mean, you can do this fake talk, like you can go, oh yeah, I love beans, <laughs> or yeah, I like to clean my house too, or whatever. Yeah. But when you're talking how you really talk. It's hard to find people to talk to. And I I was happy to, I mean, I was thrilled to hook up with you and talk to somebody who talks like I talk for real. Yeah. Cool. I, people tend to make it, you know, things so shallow that you can't, you know, really discuss what what you feel. You know, it's like you can tell people, I pray, but then to sit there and actually talk about how you pray or, or how meaningful it is to you and you get into, you know, what it looks like in your daily life. And 
you know, I know when you and I were talking, it was just like, yes, like, you know, <laughs> God speaks to me that way too. And right. how many times have I got thumped in the head by God? How, how often do I wrestle with him, you know? And it, it was just very encouraging. And that, that realness is missing a lot in our faith. And I think that's yeah. something, you know, people need to bring out more, you know, not be afraid to speak about, you know, what their faith looks like in practice. Boy, that I think that's really true, and uh, it it I think they would find it helpful too, because mm -hmm. it gets so pushed down. Because people are like, "Oh God!" I mean, I know in my life, I'm strong in it, so I don't uh, feel this way. But uh, I can see there have been times when I did, but people are like, "Oh God, here she goes again," you know, and people don't want to hear it you know they don't that's the last thing they want to hear and of course it's my favorite thing to talk about that's why i don't have a lot of friends but you know they'll go i can see that eye roll where their eyes glaze over and they're like oh no we you know and i can't help it and i get a joy out of doing it too like and i do i guess i'm kind of mean a mean lady and so i'll be like or sometimes it just happens honestly you know, they'll be talking about, they'll be trying to get along with me or I'll be trying to get along with them or whatever. We'll be trying to be normal together. And then something will happen or somebody will say something and you'll just slip it in because it seems like a good place or a natural place to slip it in. And then you see those eyes glow, glaze over in that look like, oh no, we stepped right in it. Here she goes. <laughs> Here she goes. The faith is rolling out. <laughs> well, is, you know what? My observation with that is, there, you know, most of the world has been so turned off of religion. And yeah. a person with faith who comes out and starts talking because, listen, God is just part of our life. We're alive because of God. And by the way, on this show, Roseanne, we talk God and politics. You know, the, the two <laughs> subjects you're not supposed to do, we combine them, right? And uh, cool. But we don't do it in a religious way. We're not religious people. I, I've said that on the last episode. You know, we're just, literally, it's part of our life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, not, it's not an imposed and artificial thing that you go, oh, now I got to put this mask on. It just is you. Mm -hmm. at a certain part it melds and it is you and then the mask is trying to fit into that world the mask mm -hmm. is like oh how am i going to say this to them so they won't think i'm crazy because in my life uh it's funny jesse because and you know everybody but uh jeff but uh also the things jesse says are very resonant with me because I always had kind of a problem with, uh, you know, I, I have a mental health issue. I have mental health issues. And uh, because I did, you know, I've, I've been hospitalized many times and they never knew what was wrong with me, but, but we could talk about that. But anyway, um, uh, and when I was a teenager, especially I, I was, um, in with other teenagers and a lot of, you know, for PTSD and those kind of things that, you know, we all go through, but uh, uh, 
most of the teenagers that I was hospitalized with had been victims of SRA. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first that, you know, that's how I learned of it. Wow. And uh, as a teenager, uh, living with other kids who, you know, had lived through that. So I was in therapy groups, heard a lot and uh, began. So I'm 70 now. So since I was 17, I have known and opposed mm -hmm. and stood in the truth of fighting. So that's why you are so inspirational to me because boy, you just, you have, uh, you stand in the face of your fear and keep on coming because you are, you know, you, you, you know, and you are connected and uh, covered with you know, in prayer, we call it, um, you know, you have a veil of protection, mm -hmm. which I do see on you. Yeah. And pray for you that it continues to, because you're doing big, big, great work. You're doing work that I, I've never seen anybody else do like you do it, Jesse. So that's why I'm glad I know you and uh, glad to be here on the show with you and just to witness for you that I know I know what you're doing. I know why you're doing it. And I'm in awe and very proud to know you. Thank you. Yeah, and you've been right in that fight too. I, you know, I don't think a lot of people, I know you've been coming out more with sharing things about that, but a lot of people don't, you know, know the depth of what happens, you know, in that inner swamp in Babylon and you were right in the thick of it for how many years were you, did you live through that? Well, I lived through mental illness since I was uh, three years old. Mm. Mental health issues since I was three. That was the first time where I started to, you know, really suffer mm -hmm. from it. And, uh, you know, it's more of a, uh, it's weird to use the word suffer, but adjust to it is more it like adjust to uh being in an insane world and trying to live with it and then when you're about 40 that's the the normal age where uh everything starts to change and you begin to readjust that system and get rid of things that don't work for you mm -hmm. see how you thought they worked for you and maybe they did for a time and just get better do you know a lot of healing from, I had uh, MPD, multiple personality disorder, which now of course is called dissociative identity disorder. And a lot of kids who were, um, who lived through, you know, abuse and torture and um, uh, SRA have it too, most. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of us learned to get healed from it. And uh, a lot of us got real vocal. And I, I was going to say uh, the whole thing I was starting about being on TV and stuff. I think that that's kind of that mass media, that uh, ability to push a button and find all of this incredible information, which for centuries was hidden from us. I think that that did something to our brains and they started, you know, to adapt to it, work faster. And also 
we didn't realize that all those centuries of them being able to keep those things secret from us mm-hmm. were over now. And yeah. now we were in a new world where there were, they were not able to keep secrets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that is, I think, God unfolding in this world, God, God working in this world, like, oh, no, they're, they're not going to be able to keep their dirty little secrets anymore. And, you know, right. their, their secrets and keeping their secrets is how they do their blackmail and it's how they keep their power, but they can't do it anymore. No, uh, you know, it comes all the way out from the, you know, the Torah that the Lord says, you know, I will lift up your skirts and lay everything naked and bare before the world, you know, and literally we're watching that happen right now. Yeah. And also the children, Mm -hmm. the children uh, speaking the names of the abusers to crumbling Babylon right there. That's the cornerstone of it is the children who are silenced and never allowed to speak the names of their abusers. Well, there's that button again, that button of enlightenment that we just push and there's all that information. Dang, they're really running backwards, upside down in every direction, trying to get that back in the box. Right. Aren't they? They're trying to put push all that Pandora's box that they opened back in, but you know they will never be able to do that. Thank nope. God, because God will see that they're never able to do that again. That's right. And it's just all information. It's nothing special. It's just information that people should have had from the beginning uh, when we were, you know, we weren't meant to come here and be. Uh, enslaved in the mind and not know what's happening to us. But that's how we live for all these centuries, but not now. It's different now. It's very different. We're in a really different time. So God's telling me uh, it's okay for you to, you know, go ahead and talk and say these things. Uh, I, I said to my shrink about Six months ago, because I told my shrink when I first started going to him, which was about, geez, it's about 20 years now. I, when I first, I don't want to go to a shrink for a long time because I said, uh, you tried to take me away from God. And I don't want to go to any shrinks because they'll try to take me away from God. And that's never going to happen. I'll never get better if it's all predicated on that. Mm-hmm. It has to be a different thing. And so they kind of got this new therapy because of SRA where they don't try to take you away from God. They don't try to say, oh, you're you're a schizophrenic because you think you're so close to God and that you live in faith and that you, you, you know, uh, you know, are, you know, you have God in your life as a presence, not just as a, you know, little image. Well, they, they would really separate the physical from the spiritual. Right. And the spiritual reality would, would be made null and void. And they would try to tell you it didn't exist, that anything that was spiritual, you know, was not a valid reality. And that really messed up healing because you need that fullness, that whole part of your being, you know, we're physical, we're spiritual. um, And all of that has to work in connection for that complete healing. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And they do immediately start separating it all out, don't they? They start, they, they, they start to uh, try to put separation on everything from day one of birth, <laughs> separate everything human. And I think more than anything, they really try to separate you from God and from your feelings of God. They, they really tried to get you separate from that. And uh, so I didn't want to 
let go of that because I couldn't because that's me. So I, I, because uh, the way I, my system worked is that that was the core of it. So I couldn't do their psychiatric thing. And they kept on giving me treatments to try to get me to stop, you know, you know how they, I was always terrified of the treatments that shrinks would give to people like me. Cause mm -hmm. I saw my friends, uh, you know, electrocuted in the brain and the things they do is just unspeakable psychiatrists mm -hmm. and doctors and stuff. Of course, it always brings me back to Nazi Germany. That's who, did the experiments, the psychiatrists and doctors. So I always like to remind people of that. But um, yeah, I found a shrink who didn't try to take me from God and that's what helped me to heal. And when I was all together, I told him, in fact, it was just six months ago, I said, the God, the God thing's getting way too loud. And, uh, you know, they used to put me on medicine for it and everything else, but you know, my shrink said, well, that means it's time for you to talk. And I go, this is something else. When your own shrink tells you it's time for you to talk. So I'm trying to do that and uh, say that uh, I think I think a whole new definition of how we are human and how we are human together and alone is coming because of this flood of information coming where we see how some of us are so lost and so uh, enslaved yeah. and how we want to help those who are enslaved rejoin the human race. Mm -hmm. We pray for them to come back. Yeah. And we pray for healing for the whole bunch of us. You know, I think it's really going to be a supernatural miracle, you know, because we're told that, you know, in these last days, God's going to do a work that no man is going to get the credit for. And, and I, you know, I've just been seeking God. I think often of, you know, the different scriptures about, you know, individuals that were just touched and healed in a moment or lepers, you know, who were cleansed and they had to go present themselves in front of the priests and be declared that they were made whole and, and well and so I've been asking the Lord, you know, just to, you know, all these children, all these people who are in this darkness. And I mean, you know how big the system is. It, it, it's an astronomical number of people. And you don't have enough good therapists or psychologists to, to provide care. And so nobody else can do it. God has to bring that healing and I think that as they come out, the Lord's just going to have it be there. Um, you know, he talks about their stories, their voices coming forward and being heard. And how can that happen if they've got to work through, you know, all the ugly nitty gritty, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not going to happen. And you know, his word says that we overcome the evil one by, by the word of our testimony and, and the blood of the lamb. That's right. So it's like, God, it has to be no other way than that you heal them on the spot and they're able to testify. And that testimony combined with the power of the blood of the lamb just goes forth, you know, spreads like wildfire and everybody hears. 
everybody knows the truth. I think that's what it means when it says, and the word became flesh. Mm -hmm. And I think those are really, really deep concepts and uh, ideas and uh, biblical themes that we should be talking a lot more about and relating them to today because the way that uh, a lot of us see it, a lot of people that I like to talk to is some of us think that the Torah was written for today, for right now. I do. I do too. <laughs> oh, cool. And, and it's like it almost was waiting all this whole time for a computer to break it down. Because I'm, I'm into the codes, you know, how they do that same skip. I really like do that because it's just so fascinating. How can this be? But then how could it not be? How could God not know everything and be everywhere? Of course. How could everything's God, you know, it, it, everything is, and everything's intelligence too. And except for us, we're the only dumb thing. <laughs> I often say, I know nothing and I can prove it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think that we're getting smarter or we're like moths circling this uh, light or something, we're getting closer and closer all the time. And I think words can help it. You know, I think that the more we talk about it, the more we speak to each other and we kind of spur each other along, I think the faster it's going to happen. Cause I think that hundredth monkey thing, it hits that, it hits that uh, critical mass and then boom, just the big light goes on. And then we all know what we're supposed to know all at once. Right. Right. Don't you think? That's how I feel when I listen to you, Jesse, and when I listen to a few other people. And also, I feel that way when I'm in, you know, my like real uh, fiery spiritual connection with, mm -hmm. you know, everything. I, I feel like uh, we're being deliverance is near, you know, it's coming real yeah. fast, real fast, faster than maybe the. Well, you know, there's the speed of light and then there's that. Well, there's been like a quickening of the spirit is, you know, I can remember, you know, just even 10 years back, it would seem like I would pray and pray and, you know, I'd be seeking God for hours and days and months and, you know, asking for revelation, yet mm -hmm. it would seem like it never came you know, I would, I would barely hear his voice or there'd be like very distinct moments where he would speak. And it, it was like, yes, like, I know that was God. And it's almost like there's this shift, you mm -hmm. know, that instead of, I'm trying to think of scientific words here to describe it. I have one. Yeah. Time is being compressed. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that, but you're entering into this where it's like, this almost quantum mm -hmm. level where there's this quantum entanglement with God that mm -hmm. hasn't been there for a long time. And all of a sudden you're realizing that the Lord is, you know, he is everything that everything is a breath that proceeded from his mouth right. and the life that makes that breath go forward. And, you know, and we're one, like, you know, we can hear his voice and, you know, as his breath moves, it's like, you just, I find myself just like going in this direction. It's like, okay, Lord, you're going there. I'm going there too. And mm. 
you know, he's just moving and it's very powerful. It has been very quick. Um, you know, I've noticed we, we've been talking on our show because we had a lot, you know, since that big reveal on Friday, you know, I've been in nonstop warfare and mm -hmm. the revelations, like how much sleep, Jeff, have all of us gotten? Because we've been in so much prayer. It's been like a couple hours a night. But yeah, God at, at most some <laughs> nights. But, but you know what? At the end of the day, like I don't feel tired today. It's right. it's been amazing. It's like all through. I felt connected to that because I, I like I was telling Jesse, well, you know what needs to happen is we need to get we need to all be in the same room at some time. We'll we'll catch up real quick. I, I could tell, but who it's I'm not gonna use any there aren't any words, but I, I'm I'm in there. I'm feeling it too from you guys. Yeah. Well, and, and what's been so amazing is, you know, people of faith like myself, you know, I've studied the word and I've felt God's presence and gone through. And then I meet Jesse and uh -huh. like Jesse has opened up to so many people, like we're, we're hundreds of thousands of people at this point and we're just getting going, mm -hmm. but she has opened up the minds and, you know, I'm experiencing yeah. things that I've never experienced before. And, and it's all good, you know, like, you know, and really realizing who we are in God, like who we are, the authority that we have, we're made in his image. Mm -hmm. And, but everything in the world for thousands of years has been dampening that connection. Mm -hmm. Everything is made to, television's made to dampen it. Music has been made to dampen it. The way they switch the frequencies. So our vibrations off and we feel this angst when we listen to music, like just everything has been trying to cut everything off that is connection. to everything is to cut that connection, and especially religion. That's really the big one that comes that's to the cut, biggest cut one. that connection. Yeah, they they don't want us to feel it in our body. Mm -hmm. So how do we they don't get want that? us to feel it in the physical world? They want us to think it's fantasy and that up above and floats around in this disembodied zombie land yeah. they don't want us to feel that we're in it and that we're part of it and that it's in our body and in the earth and the land yeah. they want us to think we're separate but we're not mm. neither is god neither is god separate from any of that but they want us to think so oh yeah well they'll, they'll say to you roseanne you know god's invisible you're a kook mm -hmm. but you know, God says, knock and the door will be answered. He'll open it himself. And you can feel like there, there's no denying once you meet God and millions upon millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world have experienced it. So yeah, they it's have. time for us to band together. That's right. Almost every, almost every person who has been severely broken has. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And decided to live and wanted to live, you know, and, and, you know, made the decision to continue to be and live. They know. Yeah. And, let, right? and let's not forget the demographic of, you know, the, just in the United States alone, 30 to 50 million Satanists, they actually all believe in God. They just don't believe him in the same way we do, but they actually acknowledge him and they're the same people who call us kooks. Well, well I'm glad you said uh, that. I always thought that too. I always thought that exact thing. 
They think yeah, they're, they're smarter than him. That's their mm-hmm. problem. Well, the difference is, yeah, they believe in God, but they refuse to relate to God. That's the difference. Isn't that true? I never heard it put like that. Yeah. So they know he's it, there. They just won't relate to him. They'd rather pretend he's not there, you know, and God forbid somebody they're harming, you know, brings out that relationship with God. You know, I remember I, I had a, you know, when I was in seminary, we would have chapel service and we'd have different people come and talk. And I remember sitting there one time and, you know, we had this one gentleman who got up and, you know, he was kind of like this pompous scholar and was like, you know, I've studied scripture for, you know, over 20 years and, you know, everything is written in my books. And he went on and on. And I, I just watched as like every face was just sitting there like, this is so boring. I mean, students <laughs> were falling asleep. They didn't want to hear it. Right. Then the next guy gets up and he, you know, he was kind of scrambling and he was like, I have to apologize. He's like, I just, I had the roughest night. I think I lost all my notes. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm just so imperfect. And he's like, but I'm so glad that God still loves me. And, and I trust God's gonna, you know, remind me of the stuff I wanted to share with you. And, and he just started speaking about, you know, his, all the mistakes he made and, and how God treated those mistakes. Sometimes the Lord laughed at him, Mm -hmm. you know, other times, not in a mean way, but it was just, you know, sometimes we make those mistakes that God's just like, what in the world, you know, why do you keep doing that same thing 20 times? Have you not learned the lesson yet? It doesn't work that way, you know, but it was so funny to see how, you know, it was like that guy who was real and he brought out that realness of his relationship with God. Every single eye was on him because at the core of it, people want to experience God. They, yeah. they want to know that relationship, that connection, and they want to talk about it with other people. You know, they want to hear, you know, what other people's experiences of God are. And they want that, you know, to connect with that and, you know, and say, how does God talk to you? He talks to me this way, but does it make it wrong that, you know, I did that once with a friend, you know, she'd asked me, she's like, name five ways God talks to you. And I was like, huh, you know, I mean, I really had to think. I was like, well, sometimes I hear a very direct voice. Other times he speaks to me through somebody else. You know, a lot of times he speaks to me straight through his word, you know, where Mm -hmm. the verse just seems to like jump out. And actually, this is how God does it. You know, I'll I'll have my Bible and I'll be praying and, and I'll ask God a question. And all of a sudden the Lord will give me the verse. You know, he'll be like Mm -hmm. Isaiah 27 Mm -hmm. something, right? And I turn to it and it's the exact conversation, you know, God's giving the answer. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow. I I hear that. Yeah, I really hear that one. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we were talking about that, you know, and I was like, sometimes God gives visions, sometimes dreams, you know. And so then my friend, she said, well, what's the way God talks to you the most? And I was like, huh. I was like, well, honestly, usually it's pretty direct. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the one who, ta- you know, argues with God about everything. So too, usually yeah. it's pretty blunt and direct. And, 
She goes, well, now let me tell you about me. She goes, I've never heard the Lord's voice. She goes, you know, he'll speak to me through scripture, sometimes through other people speaking scripture or through stories. And she goes, does that mean that your way is better, that the way God talks to you is better? And I was like, no, not at all. And she's like, well, why does God talk to you that way? And he talks to me this way. And I really had to think about that. And when it came down to it, I was like, you know, I was like, it's probably because I wouldn't listen if he just gave me the first. <laughs> I was like, he's got to speak loud you know, to get my attention. And that's a great answer, Jesse. Yeah, yeah that is a, that is a good one. Yeah, this, when you when you said that, I'm thinking, what is the answer? Because I've been asked that before too, in a, in a roundabout way, and it's like I don't know how to answer that. It's like, how come God came to you in this way and He didn't do that for me? Well, it, because I'm thick, you know. You have to, yeah. you have to make it obvious. Look at you. Look at me. You know. It's yeah. Like he speaks in the still small voice, and then I still don't get it. So then he moves to the vision or the dreams, and I still don't get it. So then he has somebody come to me, and I still don't get it. And finally, he's like, "Yo, Jesse." Yeah. <laughs> I got I really hear friend. that. Yeah. That was yeah, John I'm three. Yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's like that too. I'm thick. Yeah. That really explains it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tells me stuff for years before it actually clicks in, you know, it, literally. And it, Jesse and I have discovered things that, you know, God was telling me literally like seven, eight years ago. And all of a sudden I'm talking, there it is. This is, this is what he's been saying. You know, my, mine was my first time of connection real deep was I was three and I was, you know, my family was very religious. We're, we're, we were Orthodox Jews and uh, they're very religious people. And uh, so I was locked myself in the bathroom there. I was three. And uh, so I was, I did talk to God by then all the time. That was, how I saw everything and uh, they did too. So, you know, it's kind of natural, but uh, cause they always were praying. So I, I was like asking how come this, and you know, I always ask how come. And uh, so I had this, I saw something and uh, you know, somebody came to me and they pointed to me and he said, um, one, someday you're going to have an answer for every question you ask me now. And um, I'm going to stay with you all through it. I'm always going to be here. And you're always going to, every, every time you ask the right question, you're going to get the right answer. And it's always going to be in a book. I'm going to be there and make sure it's always going to be in a book and you're always going to we're always going to find it so my whole life my whole family knows this like i just get this feeling once i was old enough to read and just every time i get this feeling i just go over to uh a library we live by the library and uh or a bookstore and like jesse says i go in there 
with a question and I open a book and there there's the answer every time not not it never didn't happen and then as I grew older um, I remember when I was 12 I got to go on the bus my mom let me go on the bus I go to the bus and it's a feeling like being pulled and it was to the Utah Public Library you know go on the bus and it's like go here go, now go up the steps it's like this inner uh, longing leading thing go up the steps go to this area go there go there that's a book go get it and there it is every time and it kept quickening like we were talking about quickening till um I had gone to Jerusalem I did all, all this prayer work there for years but in night in two, 2006 I I had gone there in 2000 or something anyway I uh whenever it was I'm bad on time I had just came back and I was walking on Abbott Kinney in Los Angeles with my sister and my boyfriend so I'm not just saying you know they can say they were there and I had done this certain prayer in a certain area there in Israel and uh as I'm walking down the street and I see I see about maybe a block and a half maybe a block I don't see that good but there's this red thing laying on the corner and I just spot it you know and we're walking toward it we're shopping and such and the closer I get I see this red thing there and the closer I get I see it's a book and uh and I start freaking out you know because I'm like oh no and everything starts all the hair starts standing up and I start freaking out a little bit and I see it's a book and it's open on the ground and I just knew, you know, I just knew. So anyway, uh, I, I ran over, almost get hit by a car. Was, he's always screaming at me, watch where you're going. Stop looking at your phone and getting all in your head. Watch where you're going. Uh, so I cross over, pick it up. The book is open to the place I had just been in Israel. A red book, and it's a Christian book. And it's talking about the place of healing that I had just visited on Abbott Kinney in Los Angeles with my sister and my boyfriend. And there it is in the book open on the corner in front of the pizza place. Wow. And it happens like that a lot too. And so I don't have any questions. Why would I have any, I don't have any questions. I just experience it and I try to translate it for people to, I, it's just, I don't know. It just is, you know, I just try to tell people it just is. And it happens more and more now. And uh, it happens weirdly too. a lot of other things too. A lot of other things that I'll talk about other times. So that I didn't want to hog the whole. Well, I'm show. just curious what, what, what is what types of things is God telling you these days? Well, I try to make it into a joke because of the kind of things he's telling me, you know, a lot of people won't get because I, I studied, I've studied for years and I studied a, a lot and I studied deeply. And uh, so I try to make it funny all, all through my career. I've tried to make it funny. If you uh, watch my show, it's always a message in there about love and acceptance. And, uh, you know, the older I get, the more I'm calling it to be about uh, 
discernment. Mm -hmm. So now the message is about how to discern the truth for yourself. So that's what I hear about a lot now, how to, how to help with that, how to help people tell what someone means or what's meant or what's really happening behind the veil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard because there, you know, it is the Tower of Babel, and there are yeah. forty nine thousand languages going on. None of, none of which speaks the truth at all, and all of which is meant to confound us and to keep us from God. So, it's hard. <laughs> so discernment is actually one of the yeah. greatest gifts in, t in society today. You know, really applicable. Right. Yeah. To discern. To discern who you can trust is a big one. Yeah. But, you know, I'm I'm working on uh, helping to say something to help people with that, especially for me, it's like to help kids to discern who means well and who doesn't, because that's totally missing from this earth. Oh, yeah. Very true. It's missing. It's missing from. I used to think it was just women and kids who were missing it, but it's everybody now. It's just. Nobody has it. It's, um, we're just. Well, everything is just, upside down. The man doesn't have his proper role in the house now. You, no. Neither parent has authority over their kids. They're being taught in the school that, no, 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 your parents can't do that. The government will protect you. Yeah. And, and we brought out to the, the women that, you know, the women in this system that, um, you know, a lot of the grooming and procuring and, you, you know, like you're a little kid and you have these experiences and they say, no, that's not the way it is. You know, that's your imagination, you know, or you, you have a vision or a dream and it's like, oh, it was just a bad dream. Get over it. Nothing wrong, you know, but you've got this entity now that is haunting you at night and they just blow it off as though it's nothing. Um, but then at worst or, you know, at worst levels, you know, these women really are procuring children for their husbands and um, people who who are molesting or hurting children um you know they, they'll hide it I, I call them the big secret keepers you know they love secrets more than they love doing what's right and That's and i right. still have yet you know in over 40 years to figure out why keeping those secrets is so darn important because, you know, at the highest level, in my experience, you know, those women, you know, work directly under, you know, Satan or the devil himself. And when he really shows his true colors, you know, there's nothing special about that. Like, I mean, you see his true colors and you're like, um, no, I don't want that. You know, like you're like, I got to get out of this relationship like now, you know, and, and Which so is what you just did, Jesse. Right. I mean, and I wonder, like, why do these women, you know, stay in that? I mean, I still have because they're all twisted up and because they use you because of the whole thing is they use, they use your your best things against you like they did to the yeah. Jews in Germany. They do it to all the victims. When I told you I was gonna send you my story of, uh, in my book, it's called Rose Anarchy. And it, it's a uh, kind of a story about uh, getting free of mind control mm -hmm. because it is all mind control. 
And in the end of that book, it's about killing Satan. And I want you to read it. I, I want to read that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it to you because I think, you know, it didn't sell very well. <laughs> yeah, I even went on Oprah and nobody bought it. What? But uh, Well, we might have to change that around, you know. I maybe mean- it would be the time now that people would understand what what I was saying. And, uh, you know, I think our audience takes, would certainly like it. Well, yeah. it takes uh, self-awareness and then that we're, we're, we're not supposed to have any of that either. That's, that's kind of forbidden. We, you don't meet a lot of people with that, with yeah. self-awareness. They see a lot of stuff other people are doing, don't they? You know, like Jesus says, well, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll strain at gnats and then swallow a whole camel. You know, a little gnat will go like this. <laughs> but so I'll hold him. And that, that's what we're living in because we're, we've had our mind twisted. Yeah. And we don't know how to reclaim it, especially women, because they're using our, our uh, inborn things such as compassion and empathy because we're supposed to be the mothers. So we have those things a little bit you know, maybe a little bit stronger than some men, not all, but well, I've been anyway, called a mother twist, in other capacities, Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. But they twist those things back on us so that uh, a lot of times women don't leave a bad thing because somehow their empathy is being twisted back and used against them, mm. you know, and the devil definitely knows how to do that. The devil is the best quarter of scripture. Yeah. Don't forget that it's all a big trick. You know, there it's all a big trick. People think like a con man, he's got to be friendly and likable. The devil's got to be friendly and likable. Not he don't come in there with big old horns going, you know, it don't it doesn't always work that way. No. It's in the mind where you find it. Huh? Oh, he was saying I've actually seen him, but yeah, it's that tempting, alluring. I'll give you everything you desire and want. And, you know, he, he doesn't just tempt at the physical level. It's also at that emotional, that spiritual level. And you feel like you understand things spiritually because he'll, he'll speak the word of God, but it's that, I call it the fine line. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a fine line that unless you are really, really looking for it, yeah, you can't barely distinguish, you know, where the lie and the truth That's right. begin and separate from each other, you know, like fine print with a lawyer. Yeah, He's a you know, the devil's a lawyer, right? <laughs> oh, he is. Yes, we have to fight in the heavenly courts with him all the time. In yeah. that story I wrote, I, I'm studying the devil in the story so I can figure out how to get him, you know, and uh before he gets me. So I'm studying him. So I'm acting like I'm his friend and everything and taking him to Hollywood parties and such, which he likes. <laughs> but he, he get, I get him a little drunk one time and he goes, you know, what really makes me mad, Roseanne? And I'm like, what? He goes, to see all these people at the award shows getting up there and thanking God when I know damn good and well, I'm the one that got him there and they know it too. And then they get up there with their phony. Not one of them will say the truth. I like to thank Satan for this Academy Award. 
<laughs> right? You know. Oh, who was the actor who just did that a couple of years ago, though? Someone actually did. Oh, Kathy. Him. Kathy uh, Griffin, I think, did it for yeah. a joke. But, well, uh, there was a male actor as well. But anyways. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're starting to give them credit. Watch the Grammys. <laughs> really? Well, oh, they yeah. are Satan. They actually don't watch, watch the Grammys. It's unwatchable. <laughs> But you know he does. He is the reason why everybody's getting all them awards and all that. It is him. Yeah. And uh, you know, but I I did it in kind of a funny way, so I kind of lull him into this thing, and then I slam it shut on him. But you'll like it. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you at the end. The, I start. I I have a one-on-one -on -one talk with him, and he's like, "Oh, what are you doing to me?" Because the one thing the devil cannot do is be anywhere where there is any feeling of empathy or love. And he starts to panic because I'm like, it must really be hard to be you. Because I know he can't take that of all other things. Right. And he starts to unravel and blow away. And that's how I kill him. Because those people, that's the one thing they can never, ever get to is human empathy and human love they they don't even know what that's like to have a human spirit they killed theirs and they never had one but don't we say prayers that god will light them back up and bring them back to us yeah those people yeah i have a friend you know you're right on i have a friend that you know he he's a high level warrior so he has to you know he goes after the people who like the brides of satan and things like that but you know, he, he always, when Satan appears, you know, he's like, there you are my bestie. He's like, well, is it, man, what's been going on? You know? <laughs> and, and, and he says, it always makes Satan so, so angry. So I was like, we need to make a shirt and be like, Satan's my bestie. I was like, I'd wear that to church, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Jesse, you would. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, you know, uh, real deep studies teach us to, uh, well, God tells us that we're not supposed to be kind and forgiving of evil. And a lot of people forget that. A lot of religious people, they keep on talking about tolerance and forgiving, but that isn't what God says to do. No, God doesn't say to be forgiving and tolerant of evil. People, they really forgot that. First thing they talk about is forgiveness when you talk about evil. If right. you notice, I've noticed this because I, I study. I make, I, I watch people and study so I can make fun of them. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> so I can write jokes. But yeah, we're screwed up. We got to, we, we got to, we got to connect some dots and go. Oh yeah, maybe we were purposely. Uh, lied to so we don't help ourselves this way right well i've got you know people they're always like if you know if god were loving he wouldn't allow this to go on and you know or allow it to continue and and i just sit there and say you know what he allows it because he's he's a just god and, and he's righteous and he's holy and we forget about those aspects of god that you know he's promised to allow things for a time why because he has every intention of holding people accountable. Like Trump's doing, you think? Yeah. And I mean, you know, they forget that the ultimate, that all of those things 
you know, his justness, his righteousness, his holiness are the mercies because what comes at the end is his wrath where he destroys that evil once and for all. He gets rid of it. You know, how many times has God said, you know, I've had enough. That's what he's saying now. I think think that is what he's saying to me. Yeah. We're getting real close. Silent forever. You know, I do put this in my book, which is one funny thing where I, I say that to God as a girl, because the whole book's about me and God being my best friend and my, uh, what they used to call it when we were kids, you had a invisible friend or something, but that's what God is to me and was, but I'm like, how come you don't even wiggle your, you could solve this problem. Why don't you could wiggle your little finger and solve that problem? Why can't you even lift a finger and solve that problem? And so God says to me, I don't have fingers, Roseanne. <laughs> but you do. But you do. Mm-hmm. I think he went up to you. And then he goes, in fact, I even invented the opposable thumb for you. and uh but yeah i think we we got to do we you know like jesus says faith without works is dead so we have to do as well as talk and as well as pray we have to act that that's hard for americans i think yeah but we'll be doing it i can see it going i can see it taking off and i can see it because jesse you opened a big door and i want to give you some info and have you know go in there with y'all and this is the time i just get it it is and it's now right it's awesome yeah Yay! I, I sent you a message so you'll have to we've got an opportunity to let our voices be heard i don't want to we'll share after the fact but okay i'd love to you know we're gonna we're gonna start bringing it you know satan's gonna get a run for his money you know all right well he's I think he's tired of it anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he ever tires, but you know, I had a very powerful experience the other night. Um, well, you divorced him. Uh, well, I divorced him on behalf of everybody in the system. Thank you. So, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> and I, I demanded that we all get alimony and retribution, you know, but um, it, it was interesting because you know, all along he's had this agenda, you know, his, his one goal is to usurp the throne of God and to sit on that throne as God. Mm-hmm. And the other night in prayer, you know, as we were battling in the heavenlies, you know, with that divorce and the other stuff that we were bringing before the Lord, um, the, the Lord decreed and said, you know, not only are you not going to get to step into heaven, but he said, we're going to meet on the field, on the mm. earth, in Armageddon. Mm. And he said, I'm going to destroy you by the breath of my mouth. And the wow. birds of the field will eat your flesh. And it was like, there wasn't even a, you know, he's not going to get through those gates. He's not going to get to step into that throne room, you know. No, he God's isn't. done. You know, it's like, you're, you're not going to even get a chance to make this battle happen. You know, so it's funny because it's so true, because the thing is that the the, he has no soul. So, of course, he doesn't. You have to have a soul. People forgot that. Yeah. They don't have a soul. Yeah. 
There, there is they pretend they do. And, and, you know, the Bible says that they chase after the righteous and, and try to ape them. Mm -hmm. So they try to act the, so they see you raise your hand. So they raise their hand, but they don't have the heart, the connection in the heart and the brain. They don't, they don't have the soul connection. They don't have, they don't have the spirit or the soul that it takes to do any of that work. Right. So we already won. There's not even really, if you look at it, how hard can it be when you're fighting something that doesn't even exist? Mm -hmm. It just exists in our head because we saw people do such terrible things in its name. Right. But the reality, I'll just say the reality, you know, it does exist. Satan is a real being. Those who worship him are real beings, you know, and they do it brazenly right in front of our faces, you know, and have gotten away with it for years. But when you're standing in the court of God, he doesn't have any power. Mm -mm. No, he, he doesn't. He, he comes up with good arguments, you know. Boy, that's a, I'd love to talk about that for I, I'd really love to talk with you about that one. I got a lot of info on that. We'll make that our next big conversation. We'll talk yeah. about how Satan argues with God. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot of uh, I got a lot of Bible stories on that. It's good. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that. But I mean, in the in the real in the real uh, well, I understand what you're saying. So I don't, I don't want to mm -hmm. say anything different. But I never have seen Satan. You have. Yeah, unfortunately, I had to look at his face quite often. But how did you live through? How did you live? Well, I, I had come to the Lord a year before my training began. You know, and I think it was that. I don't know what exactly it was, but, you know, I was just a fighter and I I couldn't stand Satan and it, it gave me great delight to ask the Lord for anything that would make his life miserable, you know? And so, I mean, I talk about, you know, the funny things that we did, like, uh, you know, you know how perfect all, every ritual has to be, everything has to be lined up perfectly, everybody in their right position. And, you know, so me and my training partner would time it out and we'd, we'd plot and plan these things, you know, and the big thing, one of the biggest things we did was we, a couple times we st stole uh, the, you know, the Tang, like the orange drink they used to make back way back when you were a yeah, kid. I remember Tang. Yeah. Yeah. So our family didn't drink it that much. So, you know, our family member who had it. And so I would, I would sneak it into a Ziploc bag and, you know, shove it in my pants and then, uh, you know, like, so, so as we're like entering into this ritual, my training partner who was behind me, all of a sudden he'd like stick his foot out in front of me and trip me. And I'm walking right behind the queen mother of darkness. I've got two other mothers on both sides of me, but when you're going down, you're going, you're going down. And I just feel like reaching for whatever I could. And, you know, they had nice long robes. So guess what I'm reaching for, you know, as I'm falling. And so, you know, then the mother of darkness is tripping and we all end up in this big heat pile. Well, 
as all the priests and everybody are running up to help them up, you know, my training partner's back there dumping all the tang into the holy water. <laughs> and then we just like, you know, he helps us up. We all like just walk out and, and then they find out the holy water's orange and they're like, what the heck? Like who did this? You know, they knew somebody did it, but they didn't think it was us. You know, we were too perfect, you know? The one time we lock picked into the priest's cupboard and we got the, I don't even know how he did it. He got it out of the Ziploc bag down the wine neck bottle into the wine. And so, you know, they pour the communion wine into the copper chalice and stuff. And so, you know, back in those days, you'd have everybody would line up in that middle aisle and the priest would stand at the end with that cup and he'd have the table and he'd grab a wafer and, and dip it. And then he'd put it on the person's tongue and they would go. And then, you know, he'd keep going with the next person. So because the cup was copper, he couldn't see that the wine was orange. And so it was like, you know, he's standing there and he dips the wafer and it comes out <laughs> orange. And of course, you know, are you going to ruin you know, the communion of God, oh, you know, God forbid a priest should be like, something's not right with the wine. No, you know, he just sticks it on the poor person's tongue who's first, you know. And so it was really funny because it it made the, the tang made the wafer and the wine kind of tingly on your tongue. <laughs> and everybody's just like, you know, like ignoring like, hmm, okay, we're just going along with this. Nobody said a thing. And, you know, we kept our complete good composure posture and nobody ever knew it was us and <laughs> <laughs> you're a little troublemaker well i see a connection between the two of you a little bit of mischievousness <laughs> in, in oh, the two of yeah. you for sure i've done some good stuff like that myself <laughs> not another show i can't wait <laughs> i'm all into poking all the hornet's nests <laughs> well i'm glad you did it was just wonderful watching you this last week especially I, I'm loving, I'm loving you and um, just send you all I got. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You for too, Jeff. Out. I like you too. Well, thank you, Roseanne. Thank you very much. Uh, well, listen, I, better I, go clean, I better go clean up. I got to go clean my house. That's right. <laughs> well, I, I saw those pictures. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. well, the old Roseanne, man wants lunch. We really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, you have an open invitation. We would love to have you back sometime. I like to have you on mine too. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That would be it. wonderful. That would be wonderful. Nice talking to you guys. It was a yeah. wonderful space, a wonderful hour. All we'll right. Well, let me just send it. Going, so. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Right On Radio with Roseanne Barr, Jesse, and Jeff. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and yeah. make a difference in your community. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.